Comics Coast to Coast is brought to you by patrons like you. If you'd like to help the show out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comics C to C and show us a little bit of your love. Your sweet, sweet love. I mean, like a dollar's worth of love. And we'll take that love and hug it and squeeze it and make it do podcast things that you'll enjoy. So come on, see what happens. This is Comics Coast to Coast. Everybody, this is Brian Dunaway, and you're listening to Comics Coast to Coast, episode 330, the Matt Rhodes interview. Before we talk to Matt, let's talk to Joel Duggan of Starcross Online and Forge Publishing. Joel! Hello, sir. How are you? I am doing fantastic. We took a couple of weeks off, but we're back, you know, because uh, we wanted to, right? Yeah, we had to load the gun. We, we had, had to, we had to get some more people into the hot seat. We had to load the gun. I don't know if I approve of that kind of talk, but we'll go with it. We'll go with <laughs> Funny it. that the Canadian brought that up. Right. That's an odd. <laughs> Hitting all the hot button issues for, for yep. the United States. Thanks. Appreciate that. Matt is on the ice. Right. How's that? <laughs> Matthew Ducharme, also back with us this week. Matt, how are you? I like the the uh, pronunciation of the last name there. Just mixing right. it up a little bit. I had well, it sounds like up. a strong bad. So we got Matt with us tonight. We're gonna have to we got to rename Matt this tonight because we do have another Matt with us. So we're gonna call we're gonna call him Ducharme. So uh please respond. When we called called you Charm, we appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> also, there's with us tonight our very special guest, Matt Rhodes. How are you, good sir? Hey, everybody. I am doing really good. I'm excited for this. Excellent. Now, dear listener, if you are uh, listening and would like to head over and see Matt Rhodes' work before we get started, or during the show, uh, where's the best place for people to visit you at, Matt? I would say the uh, art, art station is probably the best place right now. Excellent. So that's artstation.com forward slash Matt Rhodes. And that is M-A-T-T-R-H-O-D-E-S. Also, you can just go to Artstation and look up the name. You'll find them there. You also can follow you on Twitter. But I've noticed that you haven't been as active on Twitter as much lately as you've been. No, mm. it's probably been over a year now. Yeah, yeah, I noticed because I used And it wasn't... Go ahead. It, it wasn't any form of protest. I just... Uh, <laughs> It just started to atrophy, and I, I just haven't been back. It's, but I think I've, I've just been finding Instagram and ArtStation have kind of been filling up my social aspect. Absolutely. I agree. I, I, I can't argue that at all. But I'd like to get into that a little deeper. Before we do that, though, let's ask Matt. Hey, Matt, uh, thank you for sitting. Hey, hey thanks for sitting <laughs> down with us and taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I know you had groceries earlier, so... I that's, did. That's important. And Costco groceries, no less. Oh so it was a lot. Those are giant. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Well, sure. Uh, I have been a concept artist at the studio Bioware for, if I count it up, it gets kind of messy because I it, I was an intern for a while. So it, you never know when the actual start date was, but about 14 years now. Wow. Um, so in concept art years, like dog years, I'm probably in my 90s. Um, but yeah, I've been with them since, since college, since, um, and, uh, it's been, it's been great. I like starting on Jade empire and I got to work on mass effect right from the beginning. Wow. 
Uh, I've been working on the Dragon Age franchise and then a bunch of others that, you know, never quite saw the light of day. But yeah, uh, it's been it's been a blast. Um, and only recently, well, I've I've, uh, I've been trying to take on personal projects and do some of my own things. And um, this I, I've been working on this story of my own called Tellurian that's been kind of a uh, a lifetime in the making kind of thing that I've finally actually I finally actually begun. Right, and it's called. And I'm about a year into. It's called Tellurian. Is that how you say? Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad yeah, you told Tellurian. Me. Tellurian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the What's the uh, What's the significance behind that name? Is it? Um, well, uh, thankfully, I think enough people have, have picked up on it who follow along, um, that, uh, the world is not normal. Right. Um, Tellurian is actually the name of a, of an astrological model that involves the earth and the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like an orrery, but not the entire galaxy or right. the, not the entire, entire solar system, just the earth and the moon and the sun. Right. Right. I like those guys there and I like those three together. It makes me happy. It's a good, it's a good group. Yeah, it's a good group. It's this, this, <laughs> it's practically what I base my whole life on. Actually, yeah, if you had to pick three, really. Right. I mean, yeah. It makes sense. So can you tell nice. us a little bit more about the Tellurian project? Well, sure. I mean, here, let me, let me explain something right off the bat. Cause I, I, I only reason, because I just started doing uh Twitch streams myself. Right. Um, I, I've now been faced with this question and I realized, oh, I knew I was going to have to answer that eventually. Um, <laughs> There, I, I, I am ha- so happy and excited to talk about Tellurian from a, from a technical perspective or from a, a creative project perspective. But it's funny that because it is a, um, w- what it is for anyone who hasn't checked it out is it's a, it's a visual story. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to do it without the use of words or descriptions. And uh, what that means is that the visuals have to carry everything. So it's all expression and body language and design and, and all of that. And so, um, I feel like if I describe the content, right. I'll, I would be like a bull in a China shop. Like I, it would, um, it, it, it suddenly the visuals, the kind of, the kind of heart of the experiment would fail because you explained if the visuals that perfectly. can't carry it. Right. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. That makes sense. That, that, that definitely makes sense. So we won't, we won't, we won't press you to give a, a <laughs> verbal description of something that is very visual and probably needs to be interpreted by the viewer. I did, by speaking of Twitch, by the way, we're broadcasting live on Twitch mm-hmm. today as we do Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time here in the U.S. Uh, I've posted in the chat room a link to uh, the Tellurian Project uh, where you can get to tellurian.ca. That's in Canada, correct? That's right. Excellent. Uh, and you can go take a, a look at this project, and I've been looking at it too, and maybe I was fishing a little bit because maybe I'm a little bit stupid, and I just want to know a little bit more about it. But hey, hey, what you going to do? But uh, I took a stab, right? I took a stab right at it. Yeah. Oh, you have to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> all right. So you did mention you're, you've worked at BioWare from almost, it sounds like almost day one, because didn't BioWare start like in the mid-2000s somewhere? So you've been there. Uh I've I, I've been there for over half of its existence, wow. uh, just barely now, because right. uh, it was it had been around for about maybe ten ten or so years before I showed up, right? right. Uh, and we just passed our twentieth anniversary oh, not not long ago. Yeah, and so yeah, it, it's 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 been around for a while. Um, but yeah, I joined like I do, I joined it about Jade Empire, so that was when they were really mm-hmm. first trying their own IPs, right? Right. But I was like right at the very end of Jade Empire. 
Okay, so you didn't like you weren't doing the conceptual work at that time for Jade Empire, but it was more like you were coming. Yeah, on. well, I designed a few of the characters. I, I did a lot of NPCs and and uh, at least two of the followers. Right, right, interesting. So, when you where were you at before Bioware school? I, I was in school. Excellent. Yeah, that- yeah, I was in art school. Um, and the art director was a. Um, was an alumni of there. So like, and so he was coming down, they needed some extra help. So they came down to check out portfolios and right. I am eternally thankful to my teacher. Um, oh no, now I'm going to get his name wrong. Dave Webb. <laughs> Dave Webb. I'm pretty sure it's David Webb. Right. Um, but he, he grabbed me just as I was on my way out the door. Okay. Um, I was about to head home and he said, Hey, grab whatever artwork you can find and come to this room. And, uh, there was like all the fourth year students, and uh oh no and i had my sketchbook in my bag and i i handed it to this guy kind of got shoved to the front of the line and uh just talked about video games for like five minutes and said goodbye (laughs) i had no idea who he was or what what was going on um but uh yeah i got a call a couple weeks later and said do you want to be an art intern and you said hmm let me think about that for a minute Mm. yes (laughs) yes well yes that sounds like a I, I believe I could do that. Right. So Man. that's that's great. So were you was that was that your intention Did, in school? Was that where you were wanting to head into? Was into game? No, no, not at all. It wasn't even on my radar. Wow. Yeah. I didn't actually even realize Bioware was a thing. To be honest, I right. like I wasn't I wasn't following them. I I didn't I wasn't much of a gamer, and so it I, in my head it was going to be either film or or comics or something like that. I was going to move to California or New York or you know, wherever that sort of thing was done right. and, um, and off I would go, but, but no, I, I uh, uh, video games kind of found me, I guess. <laughs> it's not like it's doing you well too. You've been at Bioware for, would you say 11 years, 12 years? Uh, almost 14, almost 14. 14. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. something like that, you know, 14 years ago, you're talking about pre Twitter, pre Facebook. Oh yeah. Know, really, yeah. really pre, you know, internet saturation as we kind of know in, quote unquote, love it today. (laughs) So that kind of a thing, like, I mean, I I wouldn't outside of, you know, school and professors, like, where would you even know to apply for jobs like that? Let alone know that they're regional. Like I remember when I was in school, like I was certainly not looking even in Canada, maybe, you know, television, like cartoons and stuff like that, but that would be it. Yeah. You know, like outside of animation, there wasn't really anything in Canada that I remember being like, well known, you know, like now we've got, you know, different studios and stuff. Um, can't remember the name of the one that's in Montreal. Um, Blue Sky? Th- no, they did um, video games. They did, um, Assassin's Creed. Who does Assassin's Oh, Ubisoft. Creed? Yeah, yeah. Ubisoft. Yeah, sorry. I had a brain fart there. Um, but yeah, like now, I mean, like it's kind of well known that there's a lot of Canadian um, video game studios. Yes. Yeah, it's really obviously expanded a great deal. Um, but you're right. Yeah, like in the back in back in the early 2000s. Um, it was the forums. I think that was it. There were, there were the right. art forums yep. and you general discussion and people would post like, there were like little job postings in there. Um, but yeah, that was, that was about as far as it went back then. So were you, were you uh, like heavy into the, the internet and posting work online even early on or did that come later? Oh yeah. Yeah. Very early. Um, I, <laughs> okay. Going way back, there was a site very few people remember called Elfwood. And, I uh, was on Elfwood. Oh, you were on Elfwood. <laughs> yeah, totally. So oh, I, awesome. I finished my BFA in 2001. So 97 to oh, 2001 yeah, yeah. was, that was, was my, Elfwood. yeah, that was my Elfwood years. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was like, it was, uh, 
like in back in the GeoCities era of the internet, it was oh. like, yep, a free gallery site. Oh, so man. I remember putting up a bunch of stuff up there. And then, you know, bit by bit, you just start getting, you start realizing, especially with the forums and like back on the old Saijin days where like Craig Mullins would do paintovers and teach you how to do stuff for free. And it was just, um, it was just crazy. You were getting critiqued every single day. And, mm. and it was like, um, I, I don't know, it was like Rocky working out in the, in the cabin, in the snowy cabin. It was, it was, it was a great atmosphere. Also one of the best Rockies. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, well no, it's you know. yeah. Is that disputed? I don't think I keep so. Forgetting I keep forgetting that there are other Rockies. <laughs> the one with Mr. T was, you know, disappointing. But you know what you're gonna do? I still it, it existed. It existed. It was some it was a thing. It was a thing. I liked it. Yeah. So how would you compare our station to something like those archaic uh forms of communication we used to do? Is art station much more sophisticated? Do we still get the same oh benefit it's it's doing a different thing um i have to forgive me i have to artist name drop for this conversation because it just happened with um uh i I was able to meet sparth a couple years ago um a friend of mine works he's he's the art director to one of my old friends now and so we we were able to meet up for lunch and most of the conversation was spent lamenting the the loss of the old forums um and you know it is it is an absolutely understandable reality uh, where back then it was like artists both professional and amateur throwing stuff out there commenting on it critiquing doing paint overs and and really pushing into it sharing techniques um and now you know we live in an age where there's there's almost like it's almost like they've the forums were split in two different directions and one is like the the nomen schoolism um professional like training like right. you know pay or subscribe or whatever buy these dvds to to be taught mm-hmm. this information by professionals which i i can't help but support it goes to the artists who have you know bl- bl- blood sweat and tears you know it's it's great that we actually have a way to to give people a living off of that mm-hmm. um and then sites like artstation that are much more aggregated um and streamlined but they also um the lament comes from the artstation format as awesome it is to view art, you're not getting the critiques. You're not getting that that right. like, here's a thing. Did I do it? Did I not do it? How could I do it better? Right. Because I think, you know, that... Sorry, you go. Oh, I was going to say, I'll tell you one thing the art station gives you. Uh, a, a huge anxiety attack of pressure <laughs> from, the other, from the other great artists out there. That's what it does. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I was just saying the other night, like, th- there's this... um there's this weird thing and it happened to me, I know for sure where my brain uh, squeezes all of the beautiful work on art station into um, the portfolio of one monstrous demigod artist. True. Right. I'm looking at these incredible environments and these incredible renders and these incredible caricatures. And it's like, who can do this? It's like, no, 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 it's okay. Shh. That's lots of people. You can only do that one thing really well. And it's really good. (laughs) It's not some monster out there that's out to get you. This is a- I've, I've caught myself having to limit the time that I spend on ArtStation because I'll be clicking and you'll be in the mood like, you know what? I'm not tired right now. I'm going to have, you know, a cup of tea or something like that and just kind of chill out before bed and start at about 930. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, this is great. You know, image after image of whatever you happen to be looking for that night. Like, this is fantastic. I'm feeling mm-hmm. inspired and this is awesome. And 40 minutes goes by and you're like, oh, God, I <laughs> I need to work on more. I need, I should yeah. draw right now. Ah, it's late. I shouldn't draw right now. I'll never, I'll be up until three o'clock in the morning. And then, 
and then you just keep on clicking and then all of a sudden it's been an hour and a half and you feel like garbage. It's like, what? This was supposed to be a good inspirational session. And if you, if you stay there too long, you go down that black hole of like, everybody is so good. How are there so many is, uh, yeah. people out there? But at about the hour and a half mark on art right. station, it's, it's time to just get into the yeah. shower with your clothes on and cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> is this a, it's, is it's this a modern problem? I mean, have, have we, have we ever had as artists had so much in our face competition? I mean, is, well, it, I, I th- go ahead. I think it's a social media thing. I mean, it's the same thing that mm-hmm. people talk about when they talk about all the bad stuff that's happening in the news. All the bad stuff was happening in 95 too. Yeah, it's right. that you didn't have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram telling you about it constantly. So yeah. I think it's the same thing. Like when I was, you know, in high school, there were phenomenal artists in China. I had no idea they existed. Oh. Zero. Right. You know, but then now it's just like, wow, that's amazing. And you go to read the descriptions like, well, I can't read it because that's Mandarin. <laughs> But it's it's awesome. It's obviously really good yeah. work. You know, <laughs> you know what? As easy as it is to despair too, the thing I do actually um, love love about it is that it's a crucible. Like, mm-hmm. and and you can see, you can tell. Like, I'm looking at the work that like 17 year olds are doing right now. It's like yeah. this. No, 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 no. This shouldn't happen. This is an impo- <laughs> This is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? What are you right. made of? Um, but you know, it, it's this environment that's forging. Um, you know, it's it, people are accelerating at this rapid, insane rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it's doing is it's it's squeezing out um, like what's really important. Right. Yeah. Right. I, and I think that people are discovering what they want to do earlier in life and are able to focus on it sure. because the options are out there in terms of the Internet. Well, it's like, well, here's your job listings. There's thousands. Even within art, there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of art and things that you could do. And I find mm-hmm. that people get zoned in and focused and are able to even at a young age, like you can be in high school and you can afford the $20 a month or $30 a month to join like a SVS learn, you know.com and yep. get real artists critiquing your work on money that you could easily earn at McDonald's at your part-time job. You know, like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really accessible and it's, and that kind of stuff I find phenomenal. Like I'm always happy when, when that kind of stuff well, is out there. Not just that, but I, I think I've said it before on the show that, uh, they, the artists now have a wonderful safety net that people closer to our age didn't have growing up. Uh, you know, we, we learned on paper, and if you messed up, your only way to fix it was either with an eraser or to start <laughs> a new drawing. But now, like, uh, all these kids can start off digitally, and they know if they screw up, oh, I'll just go back to the last version I saved. You know? Mm. If, you, if, you're feeling, if you're feeling anxious about the next step, you, you do a quick save, and then now you don't have to worry about it. Right. That is a, that is a good freedom that we have now that we didn't have back so i i have a question i remember my years in in art school i remember seeing teachers squish some people's dreams while fostering others based on what (laughs) they thought the uh, abilities and the dedication of the student was do we need to this is just a generalized question i don't expect any answers but do we need to have in these art schools a a you know a almost a a class that involves how to survive being an artist in the modern days without comparing yourself to others, but comparing yourself to yourself and your own progress? Do we need some kind of mental guru to kind of help us guide us along? I think there's something there, like psychology of uh, the professional artist. Right. (laughs) 
It's it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Well, we have um like at at, at Bioware, we've been trying, especially especially since Inquisition, mm. um to to foster what we've just what we just call a culture of critique. Right. Um. So and, and I think I, I know what you mean. Like you know, it, it can be a rough thing to get through, but I think it's almost worth. Maybe it's even just telling them these are nerves that need to die. Mm. Like in the same sense that when someone's kickboxing, they will kick a heavy bag continuously for weeks and months until they don't feel it anymore. Their leg is a baseball bat because there's just nothing left. Um, and in a way, I think that approach and just to say like, yeah, it hurts, but lean into it. Right. Let it hurt. Eventually it's not going to hurt anymore. Um, because like, uh, like the culture of critique, part of that too, then is saying you get used to, um, not being not being abused and and ridiculed but but you get used to critiquing the work not the artist right and then and then too when you're receiving the critique you're re you're receiving the critique not as a personal attack but as you know someone trying in as good faith as you can you know trying to build up the work yeah that's, that's i think it's important that that the that culture that you're you're speaking of is picked up and if you embrace the 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 always learning, you know, like you can always try to improve. And once yeah. you realize that other people can kind of contribute to that and that your next, you know, piece is going to be better because of it, then it's a two way street. Like you realize that, um, that by being open to that and not taking it too personally, you can improve. But then at the same time, you also know once you, once you are, once you get to a point where you can do that for somebody else, there's a feeling of, of satisfaction and like the warm fuzzies where you're just like, Oh, I helped that person through. Totally you know, not being able to draw hands or like stuff that I was struggling with three or four years ago. And I think there's that, there's that balance. And once people reach that point, then you get into a really kind of healthy, uh, healthy environment. And I think a lot of it too, is that I've seen it not so much on art station, but on, on deviant art, which I don't spend a lot of time on anymore, but there would be certain ways that people would post. And I can't remember whether the post was flagged or whether they were, they would just say in their post, like, Hey, I would like a critique on this. I am open to so it's oh, an invitation yeah. and could, then the, yeah, it feels better that way. Yeah. You could flag it for that. You right. could request it. I am ready for your pain is what yes. <laughs> please bring it on. I can't wait. So that's, that, that is fascinating. So that's, that is a great, it sounds like Bioware is a very, uh, conscientious company for its employees, especially for us artists who need to, you know, we, Kind of, we, we're, we're a little sensitive people sometimes, right? What you're <laughs> talking about is making uh, making it where not only does the artist benefit, but also the company would benefit because if you can get past uh, mm. all those hangups, I mean, you're going to have a, a better product in the end, right? So that's that's very forward thinking of Bioware. I'm, well, that's yeah. I mean, we we had um, I was I was kind of happy to explain to somebody they saw that when we made our art book for Inquisition, right? That rather than each individual piece being uh, credited. There was just like a list of credits in the back of the book nice. and they were saying, well, that's not fair. How do we know who did this? And it was kind of awesome to explain to them. No, no, no. Like there's not a single image in this book that was done by just one artist. Oh, right. Like right. maybe it was by somebody's hands, but like everyone had feedback on it or, you know, it was drawn by this guy, but it's this person's design and it's, right. and it's, you know, so yeah. it, there's no, it was impossible to, to attribute any one piece to any one artist. And, it, and uh, I don't know, I just feel like creatively that was just a really awesome place to be. Cause like ego is just, there was no, there's nowhere to hang it. Yeah. Right. In terms of uh, working in an art team and, and being um, 
part of that process. Would there be any kind of either piece of advice or uh, or trick of, of the trade that you would pass on to an artist that was going from being kind of like doing their own thing into a work environment where they're going to be working with a small or a large team? Um, I think so. And, and I think, well, this is kind of, I'll see if this answers this question. I'll just try it out. Um, I think if you position yourself as an artist to be a servant to the team, you're in good shape. So, so it's like, yeah, okay, you, you can paint. That's great. You can draw. Awesome. But if what you paint and draw doesn't actually benefit the team, doesn't actually get you forward, it doesn't actually put a game in a box at the end of the day, then congratulations. Uh, like, what have you done? You've done nothing. So, right. So I think if you can, if for a new artist coming in, positioning himself as like, okay, I'm here to help. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? So that your the the work that you're doing is is like solutions to problems. I think that um, that mm. positions you really well. Yeah, I mean, it's you have to approach it like a job. I think, and, and I mean, a fun job, right? Fantastic for sure. Job. But but when but when people at McDonald's they flip the burger, they mean flip the burger, don't <laughs> scramble the burger, right? Like, I mean, if you think it's going to look better as ground beef chopped up, well, that's fine. But the person at the counter doesn't want a chopped up burger, like, you know, the, I. One of my favorite lines that I, 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 I would hear over and over again from my friend Peyton when I first started working with him, we met through the animation industry. He was an older student, so he was coming out of animation at around the age of 30 when most people were like 22, 23, mm-hmm. like coming out of animation school. And I would sit down uh, to critique him. And I would, it would, you, when I was first getting to know him, like here he is four or five years older than me. And I'm critiquing his work on this television show. And he would just look at me like, dude, have at it. Nothing is precious. Like, <laughs> no, he, would, he would say, nothing is precious. Like, I am not married to this artwork that I did for you today. It is mm-hmm. just what I did here at, at work. You know, and yeah. I thought it really allowed me to feel more comfortable and opened up that kind of learning dialogue, which I thought was a really, really good phrase to kind of put out there. Right. That's awesome. That's huge. So don't fall in love with a piece. Fall in love with the work is kind of what mm. Yeah kind of going along with that yeah i'm yeah, that's a great i like that yeah i'm down with that please yes i don't mind <laughs> I, I i when i was going to school i remember i remember having met many different artists and there were many artists who were there who were looking for just to express themselves and in that way uh they really weren't looking at a marketable skill unless they were planning on you know going out and creating their own brand and and going that direction so i i did hear a lot of art teachers kind of just they just kind of almost ignored them. It kind of just went like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen this kind of student a million times before. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. And I always, I always, I always got so mad at the teachers. I'm like, but shouldn't you be here to foster, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to guide and to, and maybe that's the difference between the college I went to and the, and the nice college that you went to, Matt. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about uh, the college that you went to? I, I, uh, I went to ACAD in Calgary, the Alberta College of Art and Design. Excellent. I got my Bachelor of Design out there. Um, but I know exactly wh- who you're talking about or what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I, we, we really found um, it, it became pretty obvious after a couple of years that lone wolves don't survive. Right. Um, those artists who just, they were clearly, they had like some ego and they... they um, sometimes deserved sometimes not deserved um they they knew what they were doing they knew they were they were awesome and they didn't need any help thank you very much and uh most of them were done by the before we 
before we graduated. Right. Maybe, and then maybe art school is not for them. Yeah, exactly. It's like they were just going out of obligation or duty. They just felt like, all right, this is the step I have to do. Right. Um, it's true though. I mean, we had, um, I, I mean, admittedly there were, there were periods where I would get kind of lazy mm-hmm. and I'm very thankful. I had this one Tividar, or sorry, this one teacher, Tividar Bote pull me aside and say like, look, stop competing here. Like you're competing with the world. So like, bust your ass, man, because <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> and he really shook me out of it. Like, oh, oh wow. snap. Okay, right. right. That, that is mm. scary. That, that is some, that is some uh, sobering uh, news to get as an artist. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like ACAD had some practical training. Like they had, you know, the, the fact that they wanted you guys to have jobs when you finished mm. kind of in mind. Uh, w- was, it a, was it a practical curriculum or did, was it a little bit more esoteric? Uh, no, very practical. Yeah, I, I was, well, I mean, at least on the design side and I, I, I wasn't ever really on the fine art side, so I can't speak to that. Um, the school was kind of split right down the middle. Um, it's actually almost laid out like a big brain. Um, it's like two (laughs) halves, it's like split by this big, huge hallway and most of designs on one side and most of fine arts on the other. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was very like forward thinking, like, you know, we, we learned design. Like I, I graduated with a, with a specialization in illustration, but most of my training is actually in graphic design, like okay. doing, um, magazine layouts and brochures and text and blah, 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 like signage, whatever it's, and, and, and this too, it was back in the day before computers were really brought in. So most of this was cut paper. Right. Um, and it was, it was that very practical sense of like, we want you to go out and, you know, join a design firm or start doing, um, illustrations for magazines or, or, or what have you. So it was a very, uh, craftsman kind of mentality. Right. Right. It's funny. I, w- I won't go into details cause I've mentioned it on the show before, but my education at Mount A was the flip. I was in the fine art department. There was no talk of jobs. The only, <laughs> the only thing close enough to that was how to apply to get an, an art grant from the government. Uh, yes. Like that, that was the only practical skill that, I mean, I mean, everything else was drawing and painting and sculpture, great sure. artistic foundations. But here I am 15 years later doing mostly graphic design and illustration. Of course. And all of it was self, not necessarily self-taught because I had the, I had the foundation from the fine art department, but all of those practical skills were things I had to go and learn on my own. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like the only time I touched a computer at Mount A was when I was volunteering to do work on the school newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Now, did yeah. you have, did you have with yours? Cause I heard, I, I never actually had this confirmed, but I heard that on our fire, fine art side, one of the things that they learned, one of the lessons was basically how to write up that word salad art statement. Mm. Oh yeah. Statement. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was, was like, part okay, of, that was part of the, oh, part of the package. When we had was, our, our, it was a blast to read. <laughs> oh, it was, we had a fourth year show and you had to do, you had to do like the, basically it was a self-directed term or two terms where you kind of had to come up with like a bunch of pieces that you're going to show in a gallery. And of course you had to be able to talk about them in front of the class and you had to be able to present them with some, lim- you know, some snippets and stuff in the gallery and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, some people were, and that's, this is funny, like that's where the lone wolves almost were shining. Like there's mm. a couple of people that would stand yep. out that were just, they were artistic and brilliant when they got to Mount A when we were 18 and they were even more so when they left four years later. And those right. are the people that are getting like, you know, government grants to do sculptures in the, in the right. foyers of, of buildings in Ottawa. And it's just like, well, <laughs> but, but none of it, like all the people that were sitting there looking at all the, like a, a lot of this art that was out there and the, these convers these, um, 
artist statements that were kind of like raising an eyebrow going, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> all of us that I've been able to keep in touch with are working in more practical jobs like art teacher in high school or, you know, <laughs> someone that works in illustration or, or graphic design or something like that. That's a little bit more commercial. Like there was no commercial stuff. It was all like art yeah. for art's sake. Hmm. Interesting. So that's, so I guess that's the moral of the story, right? If you're a lone wolf, you're probably going to be a lone wolf in your work and uh, maybe art school will benefit you and maybe, uh, yeah, maybe not. maybe not. Who knows? We don't, we don't really know. We'll, We'll just have to see. Now, most of us normal people who are social <laughs> and like to work with other people, <laughs> hey, that's just us. But, okay, so in addition to, uh, it sounds like you had a great background at your school, but you also recently in the last couple of years were able to go back to your school and uh, kind of give a little talk uh, at that was. school. How, how was that? Was that was that a good experience for you? It, you know, it really, it really was. And I think I actually even mentioned in the video that it's just, it's bizarre. Mm. It was bizarre to be there because it doesn't feel like I had, I was even gone that long. Um, but knowing that I was coming back, what I, what I really wanted to try to do was to take what at the time was maybe about 12, 13 years of experience and tried to condense some of the harder lessons that I had learned or, you know, kind of trying to say if I could come back and be talking to myself before I head over there right. and I start working, what would I, what, what would benefit me the most to start with? So that was, that was the summation of the talk was just trying to find, um, trying to put all that stuff together for those students. Right, right. Now, did you approach anything that you're using, uh, currently at, at BioWare, like your collaborative work and, and you know, how to be a conscientious conscientious Conscientious? Can I say that? Conscientious. Conscientious. Now I'm going to question it. Right? Designer in a team environment. So, so did you have any good advice for those people about collaborative work? And if you did, could you share some with us? Because we like to uh, collaborate. We like. Well, yeah. Being nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff. I mean, part of it was um, actually to to do with um, what we mentioned earlier that like that anxiety uh, that that comes from you know too much absorption of, of incredibly insanely talented work. Um, and just, uh, part of it, it, what I wanted to communicate was that in order to avoid that, you have to do other stuff. Mm. Like you have to take on whatever it is, like go for walks in the forest, watch old movies, start gardening, whatever, whatever it is, but like engage more with life. Mm -hmm. Um, cause really I think that's where you're going to get more inspiration and more actual, um, and, and, and where you're going to find your voice, because I mean, at the end of the day, we don't want, I mean, somebody probably wants an army of art station clones, but, um, we really don't want that. You know, we want to have artists and everybody with a unique voice and everybody being able to contribute. Um, so I think it's, it's that idea of, you know, figure out what stories you want to tell, go do the research that will make you better at telling those stories. Um, and then live your life in a way that feeds into those even more. Right. Right. I, that's, that's good advice. I'm currently reading, uh, books by Joseph Campbell and some interviews with him. And you, you guys may know him from, you know, he, mm -hmm. he's always been a great storyteller and, you know, he discusses a lot about myths and I've been trying to digest all of that information. I'm going to get a lot of this wrong because I'm still very early on in my journey with that. But it sounds like some of that, he has a, a concept of separating the mind from the body and what the body uh, experiences, like what you're saying, going out and living life 
uh, and, and putting that into the, the mind part because it can't just always be isolated in a in a bubble of art. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll you won't go very far. Um, yeah, but speaking of storytelling, uh, so in 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 your concept designs because you you we talked about earlier about your project where it doesn't really have any language to it. And so you're telling mm-hmm. all this storytelling visually when you're doing your concept art. How much story do you put into that, and how much do you keep out not to muddle uh, the waters when you when you hand that off? Is there kind of a balance? Yeah. Well, there definitely is, and I, I think it's. Um, I I try to cram in as much as I possibly can get away with, um, but. But that too has been a learning process, and that too is actually something I, I talked about at my ACAD talk was right. um, was that taking it upon yourself as an artist to collect that information. So, because, like, I mean, Tellurian, for example, it's my own project. I know what my intent is. I know what the story is, so I can just make a decision. Um, but to find out in a concept art scenario, uh, what do the writers intend with this? Uh, what do the designers need? What what are the animators capable of doing very well, and what what should I avoid? And when I can pull all of those things together into one image, um, uh, that to me is the best. Like that's the best feeling, you know, to solve something that that works for an entire group. Um, but within that, you know, it's trying to say, okay, well, let's say you know, designers want to have just need this person to be able to throw javelins. Okay, cool. And the writers need, um, you know, this kind of is an indication that they belong to this culture. Okay, cool. And within that. You're free to go. Oh, and by the way, the animators, um, uh, they don't want to do anything too jangly in front. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So, okay. And also there's the animators are lazy. No, I'm kidding. They're, <laughs> they, they are realistic. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, are the good, they are the good cold splash of water sometimes. Right. Um, but, but, you know, it's like once you, can, once you have those parameters, there's actually a lot of space, um, a lot of room. And, and the, the great thing is, too, you know, our, our writing team has been awesome about checking in with us. Um, because I mean, I'll, I'll use, I'll use an example from, from Dragon Age. Um, we, uh, we were designing them and I wanted to design, I was designing the Canari, which are these big brutish kind of monster guys with horns. And, um, I wanted to create a system that looked like it could go across all of these, like a whole group of them, that would look like a harness that you could attach different modular pieces of armor to. So some shoulder plates on this guy and a chest plate on this guy, but roughly it's, you know, it's like the understructure for all of it. And I thought, because we want to keep the musculature exposed, um, we want them to look really like all about physicality. Um, we, I just, we just went with like this rope motif. So they've got all these red ropes wrapped around them. And then, so those are meant to be kind of like these anchor points for whatever that you want to attach on top. Um, so the motif was just purely born out of the idea of a practicalness necessity, but as it became a little bit more and more and more consistent within them, we actually, you know, and back and forth with the writers started talking about how the rope actually could tie into their ideology as a culture, because they have a very, almost like, I, I, this is, a, this is totally butchering it, but like kind of a very communist, like you are what we say you are and we're all one and nobody's unique. There's no identity um, kind of a thing. And so the idea of like, if their culture is almost represented in this one continuous cord and you are just a, t- a small piece of that cord and you carry it with you. But remember, you're only just a one piece of this long cord that's going to eventually wrap up the whole earth. Um, well, I like it. 
So, you know, it, it's one of those cases where back and forth, they can see what we're doing. We're just making calls and then it can get kind of woven back into the, into the writing. That's fantastic. I, I love that kind of stuff. So how often do you guys meet? Uh, is there like a, a weekly meeting you guys do, or is it just as the project needs or? Well, I, for, I mean, for a while, actually, I was, uh, for that last couple of years, I was sharing an office with our lead writer. Oh, nice. So he would just get an idea and throw it out and I would just, you know, draw something and throw it his way. Right. Um, one of our concept artists is working, is, is in there right now with them. Um, there's like a, a group of artists and then we have one concept artist right now on, on the project I'm on. And, uh, and so he's working with them. And, uh, so we, we have really tried to make sure that that relationship is, is very easy. Right. Especially, you know, when you're in the kind of earlier stages of, of a project. Right. Oh, so much fun. Gee, this makes me want to, makes me want to go to school for something else right. and then <laughs> yeah. accidentally fall into the most awesome job ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you reproduce that? You can't sometimes just got to be in the right place, right frame of mind. Right. Well, what do they say? Luck is uh, hard work meeting opportunity. <laughs> True story. True yeah. story. I love it though. That's a, that's a, that's a great, is there, so, so tell us about the top secret projects of Bioware. No, they're not do that. <laughs> right. That's the thing I want to ask. File that right next to Infinity War talk. Right. <laughs> ah, not yeah. happening. Well, not before, happening. Wait, wait, hold on. Just slow <laughs> down. Because I, I still have some more questions about his personal work. Because, oh, yeah. like, I'm wondering what, what kind of crazy person you have to be to try to tell a story without <laughs> any words. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, well, it, it, it's kind of... Um, uh, it, it, what really, I, it was like, um, I had to get kicked into doing this. Like I had to get my butt kicked, but it was like seven boots simultaneously kicking me. Oh, nice. Um, there were a lot of different things at the same time. And so, uh, one of them was, was, I was able to go to Montreal for, uh, this, this, um, little conference called the gathering of masters. And, um, it was about, like a, a pretty intimate little conference, but a lo- almost everybody I was thinking, okay, there's going to be some really great artists there, like James Gurney and Terrell Whitlatch and, and like Raphael Lacoste. It's going to be kind of crazy. I can't live up to what they're doing. Mm. So, uh, I'm going to talk about what I think I know and that story. And then it turned out that's what everybody else thought. Yeah. Everybody came to talk about story. Like everybody, including the the life drawing instructor, Samantha Yusuf, right. who was talking about how like the line of action is the story and everything else after that is grammar. And it's like, holy cow. It's like, maybe this is important. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I did the, uh, the star Wars art contest that like one of the pieces is in the slideshow here, um, did the star Wars art contest. And I was really firmly committed to like, I, I didn't have any skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just said, I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to do it as self-indulgently as possible. Like, I'm just going to see what me drawing, how I draw, how I can do. Um, because I know, like, it's, I, it would take some work, but it's possible to emulate something like what you would expect a Star Wars concept art thing right, to look right. like. Um, but I just kind of wanted to feed myself into the machine and see what happened. Um, and I was really surprised and, and thankful um, to have gotten a runner-up in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and amazing too, by the way, congratulations on that because you're like, Oh, I got, thank runner, you. I got runner up, but you don't know. You got to look at the competition, yo. I mean, this thing, Oh, it was, it was dumbfounding. Insane. Like 
I, I, I mean, I, I, and I <laughs> the winners, I got to tip my hat. I don't think there was anything unfair about that. Like they, they were amazing. I think it just all come down to personal preference at some point, but you definitely are at the top for a reason because you know, it was amazing. It was great work. Uh, you're too, well, thanks. You're, you're too humble. <laughs> so, uh, As, so, so yeah. bring it back a notch, man. Well, <laughs> Well, I was going to say that um, out of that out of that contest and with the runner-up thing came um, a phone call with the art directors, and some of the stuff that they said to me um, it really meant a lot, and it was it was stuff that I'd never heard before, um, and it really was a, a confidence booster that made me think like maybe it's time for me to just do this thing, right? And so I on the plane even I was starting to write stuff down and and get ready on the plane home at, from Montreal and and. And just start putting this in order. Um, and, and, part, and another element too, part of why I decided to do it wordless, one is that I really have zero confidence in my writing. Um, it's not something I've worked on at all. Right. I feel like I struggle to, to talk even and, and writing just gets worse. Um, and so uh, a few years ago, I did this comic with some friends called The Anthology Project, where yes. a bunch of us just made whatever we wanted and we slapped it into a beautiful book. and. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I did this 17, 17 page story called my hero and, uh, same thing. It was like a really simple story that I felt like I could, I, every time I tried to write dialogue for it or, or descriptions, it just, it just felt wrong. So I just said, okay, well I can do visuals anyway. So I, I just did that. And that just stuck in my brain. It was like a splinter that was in there for, I don't know how long it's been now, five, six, seven years, right? maybe longer, no longer even, I think, but, um, but I, it, it's it, my hero. I always thought I should have done more. Like I should have, I should have made it bigger. I should have spent more time on it. So when the time came to do this, it was like all of these factors coming together where I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to tell the story. I'm going to take my time. And, uh, yeah. And I just, I just started, I just like, I had an outline, but I just drew the first panel and then I drew the second panel then the third panel and it's now been over a year and i'm like 120 or so actually let's see it's, yeah, 123 lot, images yeah there's a lot yeah, to look at no, as, it, as, a, as a as a consumer there's a lot to look at and, uh, <laughs> yeah no it's it's really really cool do you do you have um do you have an end game in mind like is it just a personal exercise or is there a collection a product a book like is there is there well, some sort love, of intention behind it yeah i would love to publish it i mean i, I would be it would be it would be ideal to have a finished mm. a finished piece um, that I can you know put out there for anybody who'd like it. Um, so I think yeah that that would that would be my end game. I still I'm I'm definitely far enough away from from really making those decisions. Mm. Mm. You think uh, so? Um, I I got money, I got money in my hand right now. Just you just, you just tell me where to buy it and I'm I'm ready to go. Well, you know, I mean, part of it too because this is just like a personal thing. I'm just doing it in my spare time. Right. Um I I I and I you know, I didn't I knew I wasn't going to get like a marketing budget or anything like that for this. So part of it is has just been it's a good motivator to just keep making images. So it's right. good practice. Um and and it's so anything like the closest thing to a marketing campaign is just putting it out there right so if people want to follow it they can and eventually if there's a book that's published you know more people can say hey i think i saw that somewhere yeah yeah well it's these days i i'm pulling a quote from i think comic lab which is another podcast that i listen to and they're talking about web comics in general but it really it, it applies to any kind of like 
getting our attention online. It's like building a sandcastle by dripping sand, <laughs> right? Like you just, you just keep at it. And eventually you've got like, there's a really cool looking volcano, but it takes a really <laughs> long time to drip wet oh. sand into a pile. Right. Yep. And, uh, and I, I'm, marketing budgets. I, I don't know. Honestly, people are marketed to so heavily these days. I think you, you'd be better off to have the, the true fans that discover it and then follow it of their own decision and not feel like they've been told right. <laughs> to go. Follow Absolutely. It, you, know? Absolutely. you know, like you end up with some, some more devote uh, followers and in, in, in that way, there's just so much to unpack. It, it must be nice. Like to have a personal project where, you know, instead of sitting sitting down and wondering, like we all have that moment, like I want to draw something, but I don't know what I want to draw. Yeah. It's nice that you just have, I'm just going to draw whatever's next in my, in my totally. notes or my grand scheme. And that must be a, yeah, well, it's, it's an, been, it's been awesome. And well, and to your previous point, just before I forget, I mean, the, the part of it too is, um, in just releasing it, uh, it, it's like trying to provide value and if people follow it and people dig it, then theoretically the value is there. And I kind of need to prove to myself too, that it's like, okay, if, if, if it's, if it's working, people will keep tuning in right right you know what's um sorry there's there's one thing interesting that i i don't know if it was intentional or not but i i really on arts that will actually where are you uh hosting flirium at is it on art station or is it yeah yeah it's most it's mostly on art station right so there is a form uh that that the way the images are displayed. So each image is displayed like in, you know, a box and it goes, it's about on my screen, it's about five blocks across. I'm sure to adjust uh, dynamically, but Mm -hmm. there's there's an interesting story, an interesting story that's told just by scrolling through uh, with, with your, with your, uh, the warmth and the cool of the story as it goes along that I, I don't think you could get if you had a book, if this was printed. So I, I just, I don't know what the value of that is, but it's just an interesting. Mm. It's just an interesting format of, of flow that, uh, just seems appealing to me when when I was looking at the website. Uh, right, right. Neither here no, nor there. Interesting. You're thinking about it. No, no, no. It's good to consider because I, I think you know too. There's, there's who knows what digital digital distribution will look like in another probably couple of years. I'm assuming it's going to take. Um, and, and so there, there's that as an option. Um, another thing. Have you guys ever seen uh, Yodorovsky's Dune? I have, I, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. So at one point he pulls out this book that is like the storyboard for his movie. And it's like, I just wanted to jump through the screen and take that. Um, and it was so cool. Cause it's like this book that's, that's basically like this huge stat. It's like a brick and every page is one page of the storyboard. Right. And so you kind of flip through. So r- right now, anyway, like my naming convention I started when I was thinking of putting like three images on a page. Mm-hmm. Um, but more, the more and more time that passes, the more I'm thinking about like just one, one image per page. Yeah. And you just flip it and turn it. So it's kind of like you're, you're going through a movie kind of one, mm. one chapter heading at a time or whatever. It oh is. yeah. I mean, a big enough book. So many people watch movies on laptops now. Like, I mean, you'd be, you'd have well, the exact same experience. You'd have, the, <laughs> well, you'd, you'd have the same experience though, right? Like you, you, the, the, the thing that, that people are so used to consuming media on their phone or tablet or laptop, yeah, right. the book would be the same size, but there's none of the distractions. There's just and, the one panel like that. Oh, I like I that think, idea. And I think too, there's something about if I go page by page, 
like just one image per page. What I what I kind of like about my because it takes me about a week to do one. Sometimes I can do more images, but you know, mm-hmm. just the amount of time I can actually scroll away for it. Um, you know, you you kind of have time to look at it, pack away whatever you think you're going to need, and then wait for the next image. And I think if if it's if it was multiple images on on an, on a single page, you could kind of just go image, 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 image. Whereas if you know you're going to, I'm going to jump from moment to moment, you kind of have to absorb before you head off to the next page. Yeah. So hopefully, like, because there's this comic, and now maybe you guys would know this better. There's a comic, this guy who does comics about dinosaurs that are, that are wordless. Hmm. It's just these oh. awesome, um, I can't remember his name. Shoot. I have one of them here. Yeah. They're these great comics. They're just like the world of dinosaurs. And it's just like dinosaurs living their lives and hunting for food. And Are you thinking of Dinotopia? No, no. That's James uh, Gurney. This is, this is like actual prehistoric. Ricardo like just, Delgado's Age of Rip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. So you look at that and it's like because you know that you're going, you know, when you're going to turn the page, you kind of, because you're only getting the, ima- the, the information visually, right. you kind of have to examine the images a little bit more. Just right. to make sure that you've, you're carrying enough to the next image. Love doing that in comic books, especially when you're reading a, a comic book and then it's suddenly broken up with just a couple of pages of images, and you do have to slow down in a different pace. It's always been the thing yeah, that yeah, pulled mm. me to comic books to begin with. Totally uh, love. I love this work too. I don't think I was familiar with this work before, and I'm I'm really I'm really digging that. Put that in the bank. It's familiar to me somehow, but I'm I I don't know whether it's been mentioned by someone else on this show or whether I just came across it looking up dinosaurs or what. I don't know if I'm primed to see this because of of researching uh, you, Matt. Uh, You had discussed uh, in an interview talking about uh, Little Nemo. Windsor McKay is a huge. Oh yeah, is a huge. I love Windsor McKay, and I love that that series too. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm seeing like a Windsor McKay almost kind of element to, to how this is, this is illustrated, uh, as far as style goes, I wouldn't say because not the, sh- the shaping is a bunch different, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. Probably just prime for it. Just thinking it, just thinking it in my head, awesome, by, awesome. by the way, Matt, uh, thanks for, mm-hmm. for keying me in on that little Nemo because I had not explored it in a very long time. It actually kind of put it back somewhere in my head and I went to look for it and I was like, I need to get this collection of, uh, yeah. K and little Nemo. And it's, it's highly expensive on, uh, yes. on Amazon. And, uh, I would like to have the full experience. And so I have friends who work at the library. So I've, I've, I found oh, out that good. The, I know, right. I, I found that my local library has a little bit of budget left and it said the end of the year for their budget. Uh-huh. And I was like, you need to get this book. For totally, totally. Selfish, for totally selfish reasons, <laughs> and I'll be checking it out immediately. So uh, good, good. So, so well, that's how that. I came across it. Right? Oh, is it the library? Yeah. The, well, yeah. actually, the, the the library at my art school. Nice. I would I would nice. just hang out down there and just pull that out, man. Yeah. Oh, I think people wow. forget. People forget that libraries, they're there, people. Yes. And you don't have to buy a book and put it on your shelf and hoard it. You can actually go to your library, request the book, and if it fits in and your library is well-funded by the public, hopefully, uh, they will get that book in. You can consume it and enjoy it and then return it back to the library for someone else to come along and discover it. It's a Oh, it's man. A I, I am like the biggest library advocate, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think everyone, every artist, go get your library card right now because yeah. 
like the internet is kind of still bullshit. <laughs> and anytime you're looking for stuff, it's, it's, you know, you're, you look for anything. And once right. you filter through all the Minecraft and Skyrim mod versions yes. of it, then like you start getting to real content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah. like you go to the library, you get what you want. Yep. And it's surrounded by other stuff that you didn't know you wanted, but is like actually described. Yeah. Um, it has uh, labels. It has all the information you need. Like it's not none of this. No, nope. like, real. You get you get used to looking for reference on the internet by like looking for people's vacation photos yeah. where they didn't understand how to downres their photos and and like right. It, it, it's yeah, a, it's a nightmare. Whereas like the library, it's all there. It's no, all there. No ads. No clickbait. You just go in, you get your content. Totally. It's isolated. <laughs> sure, it's a snapshot in time. But hey, at least no one's messed with it, right? You, it's it's as high you risk as you're willing to scan it. Well, and that's a, so much of the, all the really good content, nobody's scanned it yet. Right. True story. True story. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our public service for the week. We did our There you go. Yeah. Go get your library card. Go get your library card. We did our duty. Okay, so we're, ended up, we're, we're wrapping up the show now. So that means we bring Matt back on and say, Matt, bring out that question that you always have. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, from Matt to Matt, uh, you already brought up one artist that, uh, actually a couple artists that our listeners should know about. Is there anyone else that you didn't talk about yet? Yes, there is. And let me check. I'm I'm going to pronounce it badly, um, but it's Gennady uh, Novoshilov, mm. I believe. My 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 Russian's not great. Yeah. Um, he's a is a Russian illustrator, and so this is kind of an older an older artist. Um, but just man alive. Uh, I don't know if you've been able to like, pull up any images, uh, that he's done, but it's like a very, um, stylized, um, but very, um, textural, mm-hmm. very, like textural stylization. Right. And he gets so much life out of these, out of these characters. Um, there's like this whole colorful series of storybook illustrations that, that he did where like, these um wow. the furs and the chain mails and the 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 these piercing gazes on characters um that are really beautiful yeah this is you know i'm i'm a fan of um i've been looking at some of the older illustrators that kind of were the progenitors of mm. what we would call stylization now like i mean there's not to not to pile up artists but like heinrich clay if i'm pronouncing that right right german artist who was kind of like he was doing like, like dancing hippos and and right right alligators that eventually you know fed into fantasia mm-hmm. but um but yeah this um Gennady is it, like the, the, that work i don't know it's it, it, it's like the kind of stuff you could hang on your walls but yeah. it tells a story so well and it's, it's so unique i mean you don't see like this is not something that people have just been you know just emulating it's it's very unique i love i the line work is beautiful the color choices are just way outside of what i would have picked yeah phenomenally Right, that is some interesting looking stuff. This is something else I'd be consuming. See, if I was at the library, I could just sit down, open this art, pull out a whole book of it. Yeah, and just and just absorb it. But instead, that's right. Instead, I've got this link over here. I'm gonna click on this, and now I'm gonna see what this is. Oh, now I'm buying socks on Amazon. Now, what happened? Two hundred pixel by three hundred pixel right. thumbnails. <laughs> All right, so. Matt Rhodes, thank you so much for being here. And I can tell you one thing. We didn't even get to even half the questions that I wanted to pick your brain about, which, which means that you're, you're going to be beholden to a part two uh, where, we'll, where we, won't have to, we won't have to go through the backstory, right? We can skip, we can skip straight through the backstory. We can skip through uh, you know, the advice, the what, you, 
what you're doing for your day job. And we can just go straight to, you know, questions like, what are you drawing with? And, you know, how are you doing this? And how are you doing that? We're, we'll, we'll have a part two eventually sometimes. Okay. In your future, right. Matt. We really enjoyed, uh, we really enjoyed you being on the show with us tonight. Thank you so much. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, uh, just one last, uh, is there anything that we want to remind the listener to go look at? Is there some websites? Some um, links? You know what? I don't have anything out there. If you want to check out Tellurian, it's at ArtStation, yeah. um, Matt Rhodes Art. Um, and I'm actually going to be twitching my next Tellurian image like while I'm in progress Ooh. tonight on Twitch what? at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. Okay. Let's see when the math. That's math and math. So, Ooh, I'll, be in the, I'll be in the bid. Dang it. But you'll, yeah, put it, know, you'll leave it on video on demand so I can see it tomorrow. I would yeah, I'm going to re- I'll record it. That's I'll right. It. You got to record it for us. Matt, thank yep. you so much. Uh, for being on the show once again uh and uh thank you to joel duggan of starcross online and forge publishing joel thank you so much sir hey my pleasure sir uh always always a good time and i was i'm really excited to talk about it. i've been a fan of your work for a little while so thanks so much for coming on the show uh for anybody that is interested uh head on over to forgepublishing.com slash shop there's only a few more days left to pick up a free print with uh, Piper Thibodeau's book. Uh, we've got a, a print called Cherry Blossoms. Cherry Blossoms, excuse me. Uh, they're, they're cherry blossoms, but they're possums. Imagine that. Uh, and that's the, free, that's the free print. Yeah, that's coming along right, right. with uh, Daily Paintings book in April. And uh, we just launched, speaking of dinosaurs, actually, we, um, we just launched six new prints in the store. T-Historic Chinosaurs. I will let your brain connect the dots, but you have to go see these images. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Favorite are the play on words. I, I yeah, it's so much. There are a lot of puns. It was almost, I was checking my spelling like six times. Cause like the computer's like, that's not how you spell ichthyosaurus. Like, yes, I know. Right. I realize that. Excellent. <laughs> Pun, come on. Fudge. But okay. And speaking of puns, Matthew to charm. Where can people <laughs> I don't visit know you? how that leads into <laughs> me, but uh, I'll, I'll run with it. Sure. <laughs> do it. Do if you, you want to see more of my stuff, just uh, go to YouTube, look up Matt the Wad or Matthew Ducharme. Excellent. Uh, you can follow me at the Brian Dunaway on Twitter. Also, go to my website at briandunaway.com. Sometimes I take a social media break, and uh, you'll need to get to briandunaway.com to know what I'm doing because I just don't care sometimes. <laughs> and uh, also, check uh, follow us on Twitter at ComicsC2C, and the website is ComicsCoastToCoast.com as well. Now we're doing the twitch.tv forward slash Brian Dunaway for now. Uh, we broadcast generally on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Come by, get in the chat room. Thanks to the chat room who is there tonight. Uh, the man with no screen name has been uh, quite talkative. We appreciate that. Tonda Gosa popped in near the end. We also appreciate you. Uh, and we guess that's it. I can't think of anything else to say. Oh, you want to support the show? Head on to patreon.com forward slash comics to see. Uh, We do appreciate uh, the support there. Uh, That's it. And we'll see you guys next week.
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. The man with those green name. Thank you. You sound like vibrations between air molecules. Also, you both sound fine. (laughs) (laughs) Close one. All right, here we go. What are you talking about? We don't have nerds that listen to this podcast. Nerds. Never happen. Never happen. And I mean that in the most affectionate way. Right. 